Welcome back to Capitalist Anonymous, the podcast that helps you get clean of your dirty addiction <laughs> to capitalism. We are your sponsors. I'm Spencer Rose. I'm Ashley Chubb. Fuck you. <laughs> Great way to start out. We're starting off strong. Uh, welcome new listeners. Yeah. Welcome new listeners. Fuck off, old listeners. <laughs> we don't need you anymore. We don't We're need... after fresh blood. We don't need all 17 of you. Yeah, I was going to say. We have... Double-digit listeners, yeah. baby. We don't need any one If you're of you. playing along at home, yeah, that is double digits. That is up from the last time we made that joke. <laughs> so, hell yeah. Um, Moving on up. So, last week, um, we're doing kind of a double episode this week because of some, oh, God, issues on my end. Um, some oh, wee transfer Spencer, issues. there once again. <clears throat> the thing is, when you don't get paid for something, you just you 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 roll with the punches when something happens. You don't drive to IO because something. It's actually didn't a protest against capitalism it that is. our podcast is unreliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's everybody is just waiting for. I keep people on their toes is what I'm trying to do, and by that I mean I kill any momentum we may have going. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my job at the podcast. That's what I do here. Um, but this week we are talking about uh, landlords. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about kind of the idea of like housing as a human right. Mm-hmm. Um, why you'll see socialists advocating for like rent control. Why there's like a difference between uh, Bernie and Warren right now on these issues and. Just kind of, yeah, I know that this was one that took me a minute to get when I was, like, very new to the left, where I was like, damn, everyone, like, really fucking hates landlords. Like, my Mm -hmm. landlord's pretty nice. What's going on? And, like, kind of, yeah, we'll we'll get into that later in depth. But that's what we're talking about this week. I guess we we can start by saying, have you had a bad experience with a landlord? Oh, I mean, plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone hasn't. Like, who True. hasn't? True. Mine, my worst one was when I lived in a, like, a system. Like, it was called Reside. <laughs> I'll name drop it. I don't give a shit. Um, but it was just... Sounds like a cult. It was a cult. It was Reside at Belmont Harbor, which was a... It was, like, an okay place to live, but it was way too small for the price they were asking. It was just because it was in Lakeview that they would get away yeah. with how much they were charging for it. And... I had a hole in the wall that they didn't tell me about before I moved in. So, like, two months in, I woke up to them banging on my door being like, oh, you have a hole in the wall we have to fix. Sorry. And I was like, huh? Like, what does that mean? I have to go to work. And they're like, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll just be in here for the day. And I was like, no. Like, okay. Like, (laughs) I don't want a hole in my wall. But, yeah. And then one time the lights uh, just rained down water. Um because of like a uh the dishwasher was malfunctioning and it was just poorly installed oh my and so god the lights uh, at, from above were raining down because the person above me was uh had a dishwasher running jesus yeah and so that place was as expensive as a place i lived in humboldt park that was like three times the size and so that's when i realized I love Humboldt Park. I'm a fan. <laughs> I've had great landlords in Humboldt Park because they're it, it's people. It's not a system. It's just yeah. Like well, nice. I've had I've had like literal when I lived in Pittsburgh. I had like a actual like slum lady. Mm. Like our place was falling apart, disgusting. I mean, it was dog shit cheap, but it was like truly unsafe living conditions and she lived in like florida so she never cared our basement recurringly would flood with sewage and she kept like not 
like paying people the minimum amount to like patch it up and not actually like fix the problem. So it kept happening. And I remember at one point she was like, because our laundry was down in the basement. So it was either like get use the basement or go to the laundromat and have to pay money and like mm-hmm. haul our clothes around. None of us, or I didn't have a card or a card. I didn't have a car. Uh, I've been high all day. Did you have a card? <laughs> I'm point? sure I had several. Nice. Um, but yeah, so it was like, she was like, well, I'm not going to hire anyone to clean out the basement this time. And so me and my roommate were like, we have to clean out our sewage flooded basement. Like, That's awful. We did that ourselves. That sucks. And our third roommate got out of it because she told us she has um, too much trauma from falling into a sewer as a child. Great excuse, though. Like, 10 out of 10 excuses. Well, yeah, because we like, couldn't say anything to that. Yeah, I mean, we bitched like, like hell mm-hmm. about it behind their back. But, like, you get that text, you can't be like... Send them this episode and be like, this is about you. No. Uh, we will. They'll hear it. It'll get around. We'll never. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I mean landlords are something like you said everyone's experienced good ones everyone's experienced bad ones i mean maybe not everyone's experienced a good one i'm lucky uh, my boy paul uh i think i said on last week slash the episode prior to this one um that uh paul invites us over to his house and like always has nice food always mm. has a barbecue when we sign it's like a big occasion when we're signing our, our lease agreement um yeah but you can't get distracted housing is still a human right housing is a human a human right i agree did you know there's more Here's a fun fact to kick off uh, the the pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are more empty houses in the U.S. than there are homeless people. Yeah. Think about 100% it. 100% true. Think about all it. All these rich people be buying six mansions. Exactly. And so there's just empty houses that are in there. I mean, look at fucking uh, Pritzker, who would take out his toilet so he wouldn't have to pay property taxes um, <laughs> as a home because he can argue it's not a home oh if there's God. no toilets. It's just fucking ridiculous. It's the way that 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 billionaires and shit get away with that of having these mega mansions and like just can live completely off the grid. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate it. Anyway, I needed that to let that sit in the air for a while. We'll go back to all of this and discuss it in more detail, but first we'll do our little weekly update. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is coming. We did one for last week, and then it didn't. You'll be getting this episode and last week's episode at the same time. It's called continuity. So things have happened since the last time we recorded. Um, Beto has dropped out. Which is the saddest thing in the world for me. Like, not even ironically. Well, actually, entirely ironically, but Who's it's gonna skate. All the skateboarding belongs to Yang now. He gets to claim ownership of skateboarding. Yang took over skateboarding, and that was the end of of He's my got boy's campaign. Left. That's so shitty of stealing his fucking bit. <laughs> that was his bit. I don't know. Hopefully, Yang makes it to SNL or whatever. <laughs> it's uh, but. Oh my God! I could absolutely see him hosting SNL. Of That's, course, that is what this whole thing is about. The whole thing's about, yeah. Uh-huh. He, if not hosting, he definitely makes an appearance, and everyone claps, pretending like they give a shit that it's Andrew oh Yang. But they're like, God, mm. that's why he was trying to buddy up with Shane Gillis. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that whole thing. No, I don't want to. I don't want to say a word on it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I did bring it up weeks after the fact. I did. It. No, 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 no. We're we're not. Okay, we're, we're, not. Not, we're not touching it. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. We're not moving on. Um. But I think uh, our boy Beto, uh, I, I think that is the first major dropout 
of the campaign. The first person you could legitimately see maybe yeah, having a Klobuchar run for. Yeah, is Klobuchar still in? Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, you Why? can argue Kirsten uh, Gillibrand or Gillibrand was. I guess. A, a big yeah. dropout, but she never really gained any traction. Like, Beto had the whole Vanity Fair article and the whole <laughs> shit. Which makes, I mean, it was embarrassing when it first came out, but it's just nice to, like, look back and, and really be like, this it, This ended up being exactly as embarrassing as I knew it was going to be yeah. when it first came out. It, uh, I, when I was at uh, King Spa on Sunday, the Korean mega spa that was just phenomenal, friend of the pod, shout out, Um <laughs> They still had a copy of the the Beto Vanity Fair, and I almost read the article again just to be like, "I miss you, like I miss my boy." <sighs> Whatever his his yeah. our, our outro Beto, theme song is still is still sick. I'm not changing it. It's still gonna be Beto's band as um, our outro. You know what else is new? Hmm. Uh, Bill Gates is canceled, sis. Canceled, and that's the tea. It's okay. Uh, let me know why he's canceled. Um, people, I guess people just found out he's a billionaire. Um, no, he said some shit like, oh, you know, I'm not necessarily going to vote for the Democratic nominee if they're going to like raise my taxes by a lot. You know, I already pay taxes. And so it's like, oh, you're going to, you're, yeah, the guy who, the guy who was, who became buds with Epstein after he got caught for child trafficking the first time were shocked that this guy is considering voting for Trump. Like, yeah, yeah that's, uh. That's just insane. Like, Bill Gates has, like, such a good air of, like, being a good person. Like, he's a classic billionaire that everyone emulates, or, like, yeah. wants to emulate and wants to be, of, like, the, at one point, the richest man in the United States. Um, I, I think Bezos is now number one. But. Well, yeah, but, like, I guess it, 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 maybe it's, like, a little easier to hate Bezos because he just has this reptilian vibe, you know? But, like, yeah, people, people, I see... I saw this TikTok where some girl was like um, kind of showing how much money Bill Gates actually has. And she's like showing um, I could buy every team in the NFL and it's not even like making a dent. And she's just like going buying random mansions, like keeping track of the total and like freaking out because she can't make a dent in Bill Gates's money. <laughs> and like most of the co- like comments from like Gen Z teens were like, OK, but he gives a lot to charity. OK, but he's a good guy. And I was like. No bitch. one should have that much money, though, in the first place. Well, yeah, we bent over that. But it's just <laughs> funny to me, like, you know, the episode we did about ruling class solidarity and about how, like, none of these people actually care about you. Like, you mm-hmm. are playing yourself if you think that Bill Gates gives a fuck about you because he sent someone an Xbox on Reddit. Like, Yeah, or just... That's all. They give exactly as much as they need to to maintain like a decent social image yeah to, to maintain their power the top like 10 percent financially i read or like no i shouldn't start bringing statistics in because i don't remember if there are percentages <laughs> or not but it was like higher class people like the highest class give a much smaller percentage of their money to charity than like working class people percentage way yeah, yeah. yeah percentage wise for sure yeah because like, they can throw a couple thousand, and to us that seems like a lot of money, but to them it's literally nothing. Yeah. I've said this before. It would be like a fr- it'd be half a percent of Jeff Bezos's wealth to fix the Flint water crisis. That's and the he's thing. Never like, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, man, if I was like one of these guys, I would just wake up and get high and just like 
end world hunger. Yeah. Like, because you could, could do it. They could just fucking start building a bunch of homeless shelters and, like, you know, just, just make it nice or even rehabilitate, like, old broken down structures. Because, like, and there's, I don't know, I'm just going to get upset if we keep talking about it. But, like, that, that shit just... It's so aggravating of, again, that pers- the, the statistic, not to bring up statistics, but the one that, that rings true is the one you told me of the, the 0.038% of all human beings will ever become a billionaire. Stop fucking trying. Yeah. Like, you know, like stop trying to stop. fucking protect them. It's you will never be you. They have nothing for you. That's not even they a depressing statistic. Care. Like I, I don't even get sad when someone tells me that. It's more like a wake up thing where it's yeah. like, oh, that's right. Like, you can still have a successful, nice life, and, like, you're never going to be a billionaire. You're never even going to get close to sniffing that. And it's, like, ugh, it's, it's just so obnoxious uh, yeah. that, like, of course Bill Gates objects to, you know, the plans to tax him a lot. Yeah. Like, Why would he? He wouldn't have gotten to where he is without objecting to shit like that. I hate the, like, liberals love to, like, do this thing where they blame, like, rednecks or, like, poor rural areas for... Trump's election and I'm like these are the guys who are the billionaires are the ones who have the power yeah you know they're we know that their money means that their votes and their opinions mean a lot more than ours mm-hmm. um like these are the people you need to be worried about the people in fucking West Virginia like they were ready to vote for Bernie they just want someone to change the hell that they live in mm-hmm. and no one was promising that except Trump was different like I don't think you can I don't, I'm not like going to jump in here and start like defending Trump voters, but I just hate to see like a demonizing of the working class for this thing yeah. when like the guys who are actually like have sinister motives, the people who are actually like fucking you over and making your life miserable, like those guys are supporting Trump. Get mad at those guys. Those are the guys you're supposed to be angry at, but like people who got swindled by Trump because a lot of people got swindled by him, yeah. were promised that things would change and then lo and behold they didn't. Uh, in fact, they probably got worse. Um, you're right. That That is the anger you're supposed to have towards the, the ruling class in this country because it's not only, yes, they are one vote in the end, um, but think of their, their air of influence of, like, who who they support. And there was that one Trump rally where the guy who owned the company, like, said, you have to go to the Trump rally, otherwise you have to take PTO. Uh, yeah. Like you have to take a sick day or you have to take your own vacation time that you earned. Um, in order to avoid supporting this guy, which is bullshit, uh, which is a total bullshit, and it should be illegal if it's not already. Um, well, yeah, it's just, and these guys, once the people they want are in office, they can give them money to do anything that they want. Like, that's how this works. Mm-hmm. Congress is, is paid for. It's bought and paid for by a series of, of lobbyists who work for even more powerful people. Yeah, but- no one's listening to, you know, working class people in fucking Kentucky. Like, no one cares and I'm not saying, like, you know what I mean by that. Like, yeah. the people making decisions for our country aren't going like, oh, oh, this is what you guys want? Like, okay, Mitch McConnell's like, not sitting up at night going, like, what do the people want? Yeah, exactly. So don't, like, waste He's protecting your... protecting his friends. It's... I, I've been roasted by friends a couple of times for calling everything classist but like truly getting mad at like Appalachia or like the south where like the rural areas for voting for Trump like blaming all of this on them is classist I mean with Trump specifically there is a line there are some people that don't care about it and just 
care more about his uh, straight up racist uh, ways of thinking, that's when you can start to blame people in the South of like you picked the racist because he's a racist. Um, I think there is a, a line between that, but I agree. I think you're more susceptible. Uh, the people in the South are more susceptible to buy into the the bullshit that is being spewed because, uh, again, it's- well, because imagine you've been fighting every day of your life when Obama was president, when Clinton was president, and none of these Democrats ever made a difference for you, mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about theory and economics. You're thinking about like, what does my life look like right now, mm-hmm. and. Most of these people don't vote because nothing, no one promises them anything different. Nobody has a plan to change their lives. Um, if you, I mean, there's tons of like interviews and footage of people online and in documentaries talking about how like they would vote for Bernie if he got the nomination or they'll vote for Trump because those are the only two people saying something different mm-hmm. than what everyone has said to them their entire lives and has got them where they are. So for someone to, that's why I, I fully believe that if Bernie got the nomination, he would crush Trump because these people who don't usually vote, like they'll come out for someone yeah. who's going to change their life. Because he's actually speaking to um, them, you know. And I mean, if you look at uh, the election map for 2016, you could see, uh, for instance, I pay attention to Wisconsin because that's where I went to school. I love Wisconsin. I grew up going there every summer. Um, I love the state. It's problematic. There's some issues, especially the farther north you get. Um, but uh, Wisconsin voted for Bernie Sanders uh, over Clinton, and then they ended up going Trump over Clinton. And yeah. I think those are a hundred percent related. Of, yeah. Of Clinton never went. She didn't go to visit Wisconsin because she thought she had it in the bag because Obama won. But Obama came to Wisconsin several times um, to speak to those people. Yeah. And to speak specifically to. Um, the the struggling working class that's in Wisconsin because there's such Wisconsin is is very much like Illinois where there's a massive divide between Milwaukee, Madison, and everywhere else, um, and even within Milwaukee and Madison there are divides. Sure. Um, because just you can be in a a cityscape uh, like very urban sprawl. Uh, and then within 20 minutes, be in the bumblefuck fields of like the middle of America and. Wisconsin's such an interesting test case for me because you can argue Milwaukee and Madison are meaningful cities, not as much as like it's not like Iowa or shit like that or like right. North Dakota or South Dakota or even Nebraska. Or like you can you can't really make an argument that like Omaha means anything in the <laughs> scheme of like not to shit on <laughs> Omaha, but like to shit on Omaha. It's like you can't really make an argument that Omaha is like a, a powerhouse or, or anything. I think specifically politically especially during the 2016 election everyone was coming off scott walker um and the 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 recall of scott walker and how close that was Mm. where mayor tom barrett of milwaukee nearly unseated scott walker because people were so upset uh with the job that fuckface was doing where he tried to bust up teacher unions and madison just became a war zone um because people were just occupying the capital um trying to get scott walker to back down from that he was trying to outlaw any sort of unionizing from teachers, which is just bullshit. Um, and like, I don't know. I always look at Wisconsin as a very interesting test case. And I would be curious to see. I I am no doubt in my mind they would vote Sanders uh, easily. I even think they would vote Elizabeth Warren in, in a way. Um, well, but point being, stop blaming the working class for your problems. All of your problems are billionaires' fault. Right. If you look at it coming down from them. 
the one thing money buys happiness it can that's mm-hmm. bullshit that it doesn't yeah it do, it, if you're sad buy yourself a yacht like, yeah and then, oh great you're sad at sea cool yeah. like you know like you're on a fucking yacht um but money buys a great pr team you know it buys pr teams for bill gates where that's not his idea these aren't his ideas like maybe it is if like i want to help malaria cool yeah. he's not the one doing it yeah uh, no. like he's not actually doing it it's the action the task force and that's where i agree with Elizabeth Warren on on one point where she said people when she was talking about her wealth tax of anyone who makes over 50 million a year that 50 millionth and first dollar is going to get taxed to fuck um, because that is her plan of because the people that got you there are not seeing the the benefits that you are because you're at the top of the food chain. Even though if you look at, for example, or you look at a Jeff Bezos, like Jeff Bezos would not be the person he is if Amazon warehouses just stopped tomorrow because the working class in there finally got fed up with the shit-ass working conditions. By the way, there's a commercial going mm-hmm. out right now. Um, that I watched the other day that it was just so funny of like they were interviewing Amazon warehouse workers oh, being like, God. I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. I love my job. Oh, I love everything oh, about no. it. And it's like, again, that's Amazon buying a good PR team. And that's people who are going to see that, oh, Jeff Bezos is a good guy. Look how yeah. much all these little people love working there. I'll do whatever he says. Oh, yeah. Even even their image that you love so much is the product of having too much money. Like Exactly. That's it's, I did want to I want to compare this real quick just because you brought up Elizabeth Warren. Lizzie. I want to bring up the the two responses that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders released to the whole Bill Gates thing. And Warren says, I'm always happy to meet with people, even if we have different views. At Bill Gates, if we get the chance, I'd love to explain exactly how much you'd pay under my wealth tax. I promise it's not $100 billion. Then... Bernie Sanders. Bernie should just eat my ass. <laughs> Say Bill Gates was actually taxed $100 billion. We could end homelessness and provide safe drinking water to everyone in this country. Bill would still be a multi-billionaire. Our message, the billionaire class cannot have it all when so many have so little. That's so true. Boom. That is the, That is a very good explanation between the two. Yeah. Um, that, like, that definitely says volumes of, mm-hmm. again, it's the, it's the plans of Elizabeth Warren versus the actions of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Which says a lot about it. And, like, again, I'm always a little on this podcast tentative to shit on Elizabeth Warren as much because I'm fully preparing to vote for her because I think Bernie's going to get fucked again, Um, which is just his own party's working against him at this point. But... I don't know. I'm open to it, so I don't want to trash it too bad. So I'm, that... I'm ready to fight for Bernie to the absolute fucking bitter end. Um, oh, I'll go I to the bitter end. If I lived in a swing state, I would probably be less harsh on Warren. But the mm-hmm. fact that I live in Illinois, which is going to go blue, regardless of no who's matter on what. the ballot, it's not like my opinion here really matters. Like, if you live in a swing state, like, don't not vote for Elizabeth Warren in the general just because she you liked Bernie. Like, don't do that if you live in a swing state or mm-hmm. even a red state. Don't do that. We don't. But yeah. like me, it, I live here. My vote doesn't matter at this point. So like, in the general, I, I'll probably matter, yeah. vote Green Party. Like, and I and people are gonna hate me for that. Maybe I'll get canceled with Bill Gates. <laughs> um, hey, but, you're in good company then. You're in company <laughs> with billionaires. But um. No, and and to be clear, I would never do that if I lived in a state where there was any chance it would swing anyway other yeah. than blue. But like at a certain point, it's like, <sighs> who do you want fighting for your rights? The person who's going to sit down and have coffee with your oppressor or the person who's going to tell them exactly what's what? Yeah, I, I agree. Did you write in Bernie in 2016? 
No, I did vote for Hillary. Um, okay. I was voting absentee in Pennsylvania, okay. so, which was a swing state. Mm-hmm. I did end up going to Trump, but I felt like it was my duty mm-hmm. to vote against him yeah. in a swing state, so I did. I, in Illinois, even still, I, I had a the longest moment I've ever had in the voting booth. Normally, I go in, I know exactly what I'm doing. I punch, 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 yeah. I'm done. Um, I always do physical ones. I don't trust the electronic ones. Um, but So that's why I said punch, 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 <laughs> instead of tap, tap, tap. Um I had a moment, a very long moment, where I considered writing in Bernie Sanders as my choice for president. And then I was like, ah, this is so important. I don't even want to risk it. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> no one will ever know what I did. Yeah. It won't matter. No news report will ever say that one guy voted for Bernie Sanders, <laughs> even though a lot of people I've talked to uh, said they considered doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. I wonder if Bernie would run as a third party if he didn't get the nomination. I feel I like he wouldn't. But I, I think he, he wouldn't would. because I think he can see the bigger picture of how dangerous that is. Yeah. Of splitting. That's what everyone's saying Tulsi Gabbard's going to try and do. And no it's one's like, going to vote for Tulsi. Fuck Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, he, she sucks. And she's been going on Fox News so much lately. The only people she's going to like pilfer are like Idiots. Trump voters. Yeah, exactly. Like she's going to dissuade Trump voters, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, she'll but... get five votes from like. Guys who watch Fox News and thinks she's hot. Yeah. That's what she'll get. I, I just, that I think is so irresponsible from a, a Democratic nominee at this point, or candidate rather. Um, that's so irresponsible to, to I, like, what is the, what's the achievement there? Like, it, especially when everyone, there are rumblings that she's going to try for third party of like, what the fuck is your end game there? You're not going to win. You're straight yeah. up never going to win. You will never be president ever. Um, and like, w- all you're going to do is just take away votes from what should happen and, and the right thing, which is a Democrat needs to win, which I think is dumb. It's just like fucking Jill Stein. It's Jill Stein 2.0, where it's like Jill Stein was complicit in the Trump thing. You because, think so? Oh, yeah. I think she knew exactly. I think she definitely got help from Trump's team. Really? For sure. Okay. Because uh, I mean, I think she took away votes from people who would have who would have regretfully voted for Hillary, um, of people like me who were like, eh, fine, Hillary. Um, and I think I, a lot I of people. I feel that. Were, like, don't do that again. Don't don't do that if you live in a swing state. But like, yeah, I I, I, I I'm inclined you want to, to go forgive for people in in blue states. Like I said, I would probably do it myself but because it was... it's like why force yourself to do it if it doesn't mean anything now we'll talk someday about election reform because i've got a lot of feelings on that's that that's a good topic that we should write down yeah because that will yeah we'll we'll do one of those soon because um it's a little bit out of the like capitalism versus socialism wheelhouse but it's still mm-hmm. political and it's still absolutely something that needs to happen here in America because mm-hmm. our democracy is not it's not yeah so th- that's that's the burn date uh, for the uh, that's a new segment I'm coining <laughs> the burn date um, so that's the, the the Bernie update but let's talk uh, to transition back into landlords uh, if we can yes um, can you tell me about uh, Bernie's uh, housing for all plan yeah let me pull it up yeah so that's that's something that we talked about specifically when thinking when brainstorming because yeah we brainstormed we had a whole hour-long meeting yesterday um, about this show which was again my fault because i didn't book the studio in time um okay Uh, so there's a lot it's very detailed i recommend you go to the bernie sanders issues page read through the whole thing here are some of the bullet points 
Um, when Bernie is president, he will invest $1.48 trillion over 10 years in the National Affordable Housing Trust Fund to build, rehabilitate, and preserve the 7.4 million quality, affordable, and accessible housing units necessary to eliminate the affordable housing gap. Um, invest... An additional $400 billion to build 2 million mixed-income social housing units to be administered through the National Affordable Housing Trust Fund, which will help desegregate and integrate communities. Uh, Okay, lots of other things. These are really... A lot of these are really nitpicky. Um, He... Ooh, rent control. We'll look at rent. Um, Mm. Okay, well, I'm not going to go through and read all of these bullet points, but basically, national rent control, um, that's a huge thing because Elizabeth Warren's thing is like, we'll bring down rent by like 1% every like year or that something like that. Nothing. Like, it's, yeah. If uh, let's, I pay, well, my roommates and I pay 1,500. Uh, 1% of that is what? Fucking a dollar? Yeah, like it's a, like, no, more than that. Well, yeah. But. $15. It, it barely makes a difference. Whereas Bernie is unequivocally stating like rent control, yeah. national rent control. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely what we need. Um, yeah. And there's stuff here about like basically um, making sure safeguards against gentrification, I guess, like kind of um, preventing disrupting communities to build housing and, um, Encouraging zoning and development that promotes access to public transportation. Um, prioritizing products that reduce greenhouse gas emissions. This is what I love about Bernie's plans is that they all like reference each other. Like He has such an understanding of how capitalism is involved in everything and how all of these problems work together to oppress us. Like We got here from talking about climate change mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to climate change when talking about... Uh, like uh, health insurance and healthcare, yeah. So that's again, that's the part of why he's so appealing. He doesn't just have plans; he has an he has a plan, and every single part of it is like a piece of a puzzle that fits in perfectly of to affect the other ones. Because I mean, gentrification specifically, as someone who as a, a white person living in Humboldt Park, that is something that I do have to face. Of that, I am part of a problem um, of what's going on, but. Um, I just hearken back to not my current apartment, but my last apartment was we had, uh, did I tell the feral cat story last week? You told it to me personally. Okay. I don't think you told it on the pod yet. Okay. So there was a house uh, on my street that had something like 47 feral cats that got evicted. Poor cats. uh, They're out on the street. Uh, My neighbor uh, fed them. Um, But this house was bombed out by feral cats like shit show. It was an empty house that was just overrun, disgusting, broken down. Um, sold for over a quarter million dollars um, because Humboldt Park is in the process of gentrifying right now. And just looking down the street uh, in Humboldt, on that specific street, you'd see these big mega complexes that were getting built or like these big super nice apartments that like only the VP of some company downtown could afford. Yeah. Uh, right next to my neighbor's next door didn't have a front door. It was boarded up. They went in through the window because oh their front God. door is bored. He claimed he was working on a front door, um, but I went back and Google Street Views. It's been uh, bored for like six or seven years. Um, well, um, but when I lived in Pittsburgh, I worked for Whole Foods for a long time, and we got like an announcement one day that they were going to be moving our location and building a new Whole Foods nearby. And the place they were going to build it was like a low income housing complex Mm -hmm. where like, I mean, they were like shitty apartments run by like a terrible 
like agency, but it was still like one one of the only places some people in Pittsburgh could afford to live. Exactly, that's and they the were key like, there. Yeah. yeah, they were like gonna tear that down and build a brand new Whole Foods, and of course we were all horrified. Like, mm-hmm. what? They just get to do that. Yeah, they just did it because money. They can just buy it out, and, and all these people are gonna be displaced now. And and this is shit that just that, is allowed to happen because we don't consider housing to be a human right. And mm-hmm. under capitalism, all we're thinking about is how we can make money off of people's necessities. Is the bottom line. Because you can buy people out, too. You can just buy people out of uh, their um, apartments. You can give them almost offers they can't refuse. I had an Uber driver once who I was talking about gentrification in Humboldt with. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I had a guy walk up to my door and offer me $650,000 for my house if I left. And I've lived in this house since I was a kid. God. And he's like, and I'm 36, 37 now. And he's like, yeah, I mean, that's tempting, but where do I go? Like, what do I do? And it's just, yeah. Yeah, one lump sum of money isn't going to, like, afford your rent or mortgage at a new place forever. Yeah, you still have to pick up and move your entire life somewhere else because somebody wants to make more money off that location. And and it's yours. You own that place. You should have equal access to be able to uh, just... Again, your your space should be your own. And and part of the reason, part of what I like about Bernie's plan that you described so far and what I've read on my own is that a lot of the money will go go towards rehabilitating these low-income yeah. housing so that low-income housing is not synonymous with shitty housing. Yeah, exactly. That's also, like, a huge fucking thing is, like, I feel like some people are willing to go, like, well, everyone should, like, have a place to live. But people really want to like feel like they're living somewhere nicer than other people you know like there's almost and I kind of get it there's almost like a sense of pride being like I live in a cute apartment now and not like some shithole with four dudes yeah. like but at the same time like I don't know get over it like everyone deserves to have not just like a roof over their head but like a functioning home to live in and it doesn't I'm not saying like everyone needs a <coughs> freaking mansion but everyone deserves like a reliable house that has enough space and doesn't like get them sick because yeah it's you know, something it's that's not... safe yeah exactly uh, and, and, and and I think it's just like we're thinking I, I think right now in my head I'm thinking of like oh like people like us like you, you know like people who um, are in their mid-20s or something who need somewhere to live and, like, were willing to live somewhere else. But what about people who are living there with kids? Like, the impact of, of growing up in a safe, clean, yeah. um, nice environment is so impactful on what that kid will do in their future. And that's something that, like, there are so many kids that are in low-income housing who get into trouble um, because of the where they live, solely of where they live and, and, and what's going on in there. And like kids that just don't want to go home because low-income housing, it's not like they're going to put great schools by low-income housing. So it, it, right. again, the issue compounds over and over again. Exactly. And then like race comes into it too because we know that racial minorities are more likely to be forced into like low-income housing mm-hmm. and low-income jobs and um, communities that are unsafe. And so a plan like this that at least... It's not the same thing as, you know, abolishing land ownership. It's not like a Maoist revolution, Mm -hmm. but a plan like this would at least even out the playing field a good deal so that at least nobody has to, one, worry that they're not going to have a place to live and two, worry that their place to live is not going to be at least functional and safe. Yeah. And and as you're saying in the plan, it's $1.8 trillion, correct? Yeah. Over 10 years. That's if we go back to the Bill Gates thing. That's one Bill Gates hundred billion dollar tax. 
That's that's one. Yeah. That's one of those could fix that uh, for could pay for a whole year of that plan. And that's a lot of money. That's not like a small amount of money to sniff at. Like that's a lot of money that can do a lot of good in a lot of areas. Yeah. And it's just yeah. I, I mean, it's if you don't if you can't anytime you are like divided on this issue or like. I don't know, don't understand it. Like, I always recommend just, like, thinking of housing as a human right. That's what it comes down to. Like, capitalism has conditioned us so much to be, like, well, you know, if I work hard and can afford something better, then I deserve something better. Like, no, if you really believe that no one deserves to be homeless, which I'm sure you do, then you need to be supporting a plan like this Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter how you feel about them personally if you are not willing to advocate for like a material reform that would cause an actual change in their lives. And at the end of the day, the taxes that are being discussed to pay for this program really won't affect you that much. And if you couple it as well with what we were talking about in the healthcare episode of how much money you're going to be saving, it's like... Yeah, once you have rent control, you're not going to care. You'll be happy. You'll be vibing. You're going to be... you're. Just vibing. <laughs> just vibing 2020. That's who I'm voting for is anyone who just vibes. That's Bernie. <laughs> That's um, Marianne Williamson. Yeah, seriously. What happened to her? Has she, she dropped just kinda... out? Is she still in? I hope she's still in. I don't think she's still in. There's no way she's I still in. I hope she runs third party and then I'll vote for her. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. The, the witch party of the United States, Daughters of Salem. Um, I... <laughs> I don't want to get into her because I actually genuinely the way you feel about Beto is the way I feel about Marianne Williamson. I'm like a exactly. little bit defensive. It's like, of her. it's like an almost non-ironic love of them. Yeah, it's yeah. like fair I enough. I don't want her to be president, but like also don't hurt her feelings. I love my skateboarding post-punk basis. <laughs> you can love your mystical witch from wherever the fuck <laughs> She's she crawled not out a of. Witch. My fa- I read one of her books, and the funniest thing in it is she suggests that she personally solved the AIDS crisis by manifesting okay. a way to And you say she's not it. a witch? You say she's not a witch? Her way of treating it is like, one, eye of newt, two, toes of toad. Oh, God. Anyway. Where <laughs> anyway, were we? <laughs> enough memeing. Let's get back to the business. Yeah. Oh, something I wanted to bring up about um, this system we have of people being able to purchase land own it and then rent it out Mm -hmm. it does feel very futile at times um and i feel like this is the one point i kind of differ with marx on is like i think it was it's either a marx thing or a hegel thing it might be both Uh, but this idea that like capitalism was born as like a dialectical opposition to or the antithesis to uh feudalism and really, they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. I think they've I don't become think that's really similar. True. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess in the beginning it would seem like an opposition, but now it's like landlords. Like, yeah. Yeah. It. it that's kind of what it is. It's whole um, people with money control the whole system. We all live in a fiefdom of Amazon. We live in a fiefdom of Facebook. We we live in these these kind of ways where we are controlled by people at the top who have the most money, specifically uh, to. And again, it will never trickle down. Yeah. Or like doesn't work. You know, the reason there was such a violent revolution against landlords in China was basically like all if you own land, you don't have to do anything. Someone else comes and does all the work for you, Mm -hmm. does all the farming. 
sells their shit and now they have to pay a huge percentage of what they make to you in rent and you don't got to do fucking shit. All you have to do is own land and then these poor peasants just work their asses off all day Mm -hmm. and you get to take their money. And like, yeah, of course they killed the fucking landlords. Like, it's not that we're not in the same condition here. Right. But that's why it's funny when people make like Mao jokes about landlords is because like that's theoretically where it goes or where it could go. Mm-hmm. That's that's unrestrained of when it does go. Um, <clears throat> I mean, luckily, most of us don't, you know, aren't farmers in America in mm-hmm. the 21st century. But, you know, we're still going to work all day, every day. And like, hashtag not all landlords. I'm sure some of them work hard <laughs> and are good. But like, boy, for the Paul. most part. Paul's a great guy. I love Paul. For the most part, they're like just kind of chilling and like showing up late or sending their weird son to like make some repairs oh, yeah. six weeks after you ask for it. That happened they're today just taking your money. All of a sudden there was just a bunch of ruckus coming from the basement and I was like I don't even know we had a basement like I've never been down there <laughs> and it's just apparently people were just over to work on it and just just clanging around and it's just strangers are hanging yep. out one small area below me and I have no idea who it is. I don't know that's not like a problem problem but it's just something that happened to me today yeah (laughs) that i felt like sharing well like in the ideal socialist world you know we would all be entitled to a safe place to live and you wouldn't get to own that i mean you would get to live in it and like own it in that sense but you wouldn't have the rights to like do anything with that land other than live in it Mm -hmm. and that's like a very idealistic safe way to make sure everyone has exactly what they deserve as a human being and keep people from using their fortune to, you know, become a predator and extract more from other people who don't have their same privilege. Do you think it's because people being so territorial is why an issue like that would spring up? Do you think that's even possible because people are territorial? I think it is. I think it is. a. Uh, I think it would be a hard leap for a lot of people to clear, like, truly, if we went, like, full communism like you get a place to live but you know you don't really get to like do you anything know, with yeah it? you don't get to like well you don't get to feel like you own it or you don't get to like change it up I don't know I, I feel like it would be a hard leap for some people to clear who are like people I mean who are like already homeowners I mm-hmm. think anyone who's renting would be like yes god thank you yeah um but at the end of the day, it's just like you have to hope that people understand that helping millions of homeless people is ultimately worth making a couple sacrifices about right. what you can and can't do with the land you live on. Like, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's like if that's not worth it to you, then I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's guillotine time. <laughs> I got to temper you there again. <laughs> no death threats on the podcast. Please. I'm not threatening anyone. Please. Um, no, but it just seems to me like uh, with a lot of Bernie's policies, it's flipping, um, specifically with housing, it's flipping the money, like instead of putting it towards the top and hoping it, it will trickle down, it's almost the exact opposite of trickle down economics, where it's you should build up everything down at the bottom. Because once the bottom is considered a good place, like once we have uh, everyone is, you know, doing well yeah. at the lowest rung, again, we're only... Then we as... won't be fucking slitting each other's throats to step on each other's heads and gain higher ground. Right. We're only as strong as the, as the, the weakest member of our society in that way. And I think that's something that, that Bernie sees uh, of like being able to bring people up, not to keep 
talking about Bernie. I know this <laughs> is an issue that's bigger than him, but it's just it, it's something that he sees and that I really like again um, about the guy is is that it's building up those who are less fortunate because again we we could feasibly um, solve that we don't well, like, need more billionaires his, but we could solve people being at the bottom his green new deal literally says like with the jobs that this plan creates like it will pay for itself in taxes because people who didn't have jobs are now going to have jobs and pay taxes on them like yeah it just makes sense the more you put all of these people who right now can't put anything into our stupid fucking economy like it just makes sense that like if you really want to save capitalism so fucking bad then like put in some safeguards so people can actually participate in it i mean you know i would i endorse revolution but I know. if you're one of those people who wants to save capitalism so fucking bad, then, like, why aren't you doing this? Why are you making it worse? You could make the, yeah, you could start to make the system work by using capitalism against itself in a way of being able to. But then isn't that just socialism at that point? Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just insane to me that people think that the thing doing the opposite of what we've been doing that has been making everything so bad Mm -hmm. that like doing a different thing would make it worse like can we try something new exactly it's it's being able to try something like that and having all these 10-year plans as we've talked about before we have doubts that bernie would go all eight um if if he were to be elected when he's elected hopefully (laughs) knock on wood speaking Uh, it into existence mary hell yeah hell yeah i have a vision board at home (laughs) which is bernie Uh, it's just fun pictures of bernie it's the one of him on the horse the one of him getting that's my phone background hell yeah um but i i mean again it's this has never been tried before in the united states It, it has never been thought of of that way of really putting we haven't like it's not even we have enough billionaires it's that we really shouldn't have them in the first place no human being can spend that amount of money in in their lifetime it's impossible well yeah of course and that's what kind of rules is like every country that is really like well almost every country that has like really tried socialism has been smaller and then they just get completely fucking like choked by the global capitalist economy cough and, cough us yeah exactly <laughs> which is why like yeah, it's when I see people being like, communism doesn't work. Look at all these tiny Latin American countries. Look at Vietnam, like all this stuff. And it's like, what's the big, what are they supposed yeah. to do? China's the only country that'll trade with any of them. Like that's not enough to like sustain an economy. Yeah, who's so the common really denominator in that? Cool to have a socialist or at least socialism friendly United States where we do have so much wealth in the nation, like horribly like concentrated in certain areas but like as a country Mm -hmm. we have all of this wealth that like we really could try yeah it's not that we're the the wealthiest country in in the world currently it's that we are the wealthiest country in the history of the world period yeah of the amount of people that live there even the top again the top one percent is such a ludicrous amount of money that only people like it's hmm, i mean if you want to look at the exact opposite of how things should go, you can look at Saudi Arabia with MBS uh, and him st- literally absorbing people's wealth to become a trillionaire. Yeah. He is a trillionaire because he murders people and takes their wealth. 
Um, and look how well that's going. Uh, <laughs> like, it's not really going well. I mean, there's a lot of flashy things going on, and I, I feel for the people of Saudi Arabia because that must be a really hard fucking place to, to live specifically. It's nothing against the people, the working people there, but there's so much well, yeah, wealth at the top yeah. that they're completely powerless. How the fuck can you touch a guy that has trillions of dollars? Like, you can't even start to resist that because it's too much. It's yeah. the exact example of what's going out of control. I wonder what the statistic would be of when we're on track for the first American trillionaire. Oh, God. I, I wonder what that statistic would be. At this rate, I, I think... I'm sure Bezos will hit it if we don't stop him. Yeah, exactly. It's it's If we don't stop this person, we're going to have, in our lifetime, the first American trillionaire. Don't don't make me live through that, people. Which is, don't, don't no one should do live that. through that. What the fuck is one guy going to do with that? You know you know the hero in all this story is his ex-wife that took all his money uh, when he cheated on her. I have, like kind of a beef with her because she was like I'm going to give half of it to charity. Look at how cool and generous I am. And I'm like yeah and you're still going to have what like 25 billion dollars like Which shut is the so fuck obs- up. Obscene. And give the- 99% of it to charity then we'll fucking talk. Yeah like go back to the way you were living like before all yeah, of this happened. You can have a nice chill suburban level middle class life and give the rest of it away, and you'll be fucking fine. Exactly. You'll be fine. If you, You're set for life. Like, mathematically, you can have such a good life for, like, what you will never, if, if you were to sit down of having a good life of owning a home in a nice area with a nice job, you will never total up to a billion dollars. It's, it's your entire life will never spend that much money. You will never, you'll... Even if you go nuts, if you buy yourself a sports car, you know, when you're 50, uh, when you're a gross old man who needs a sport car when they're 50, um, like, you you won't touch that at all. Bezos will never touch uh, or put a dent. Bill Gates will never put a dent in that amount of money. Tim Cook of Apple will never. Here, that's a guy that's gotten away with too Tim much Apple. for too long. That's my boy. Tim Apple, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it's You will never put a dent in that amount of money. Why not put it towards people that... that literally cannot even fathom having a set amount of money to make it through a year a month even people who live paycheck to paycheck you can change someone's yeah you can change someone's life and it will it will not even you won't even lose an ounce of sleep over it you can literally trip and give someone fifty thousand dollars and be fine like you can leave your fucking checkbook on the bus and be okay i don't know if i've said this on the show not that billionaires would take the bus i have this (laughs) like recurring quote unquote bit where I'll look up um, billionaires online and then I'll find them on Venmo and I'll request $100 from them and they always either ignore or decline and I'm like $100 is a penny to you yeah, why wouldn't you just give that to me it's less than a penny to them just that's the most absurd yeah exactly it's like $100 that would change my life that would be groceries for a month exactly and it, there's just there's so much wealth out there and there's so much my, my thing that I do whenever, again, using my test subject, my dad, the thing I throw at him when we're talking about billionaires and stuff, and I say, um, there are, what is it, 48 billionaires or something? I'm confusing that number with my feral cat number. But <laughs> let's say there's 48 billionaires in the U.S. Can you name 10 of them? No, <laughs> you can't. You cannot. You can name Bezos, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Tim Cook, fucking Jay-Z, like, that's I'm reaching at the that Snapchat point. Snapchat guy. Snapchat guy. <laughs> don't even know his fucking name. <laughs> Probably the Twitter guy. Maybe. Jack. I don't 
No, I can't feel Jack, like I see his At yeah. Jack, give me money. Um, <laughs> but, like, you can't name. There are people out there, and what are they doing with this? They're having these private sex islands. They're, yeah. they're fucking diddling kids. They're doing. What the <laughs> Literally. F- what the fuck are they doing? They're just buying tons and tons Bill of Bill Gates cars. is in Epstein's book. It's so absurd it's just everything is so fucking frustrating when you think about that and it's like i'm not coming from a spot like it's for full clarity i'm not coming from a spot of someone who grew up uh, struggling or is even really struggling like right now too bad um like i just landed a job that will be great i will be set i will be comfortable and the amount of money that i feel set and comfortable with is again pennies to these people of like and i'm i'm gonna be fine uh, of like I managed to nail some uh, corporate job, you know. Somebody trusted me enough with that, and it's I'm lucky yeah. to get, to get that. And I've I've been on the job market, and I can't even imagine um, being on the job market when you're so disadvantaged to begin with. Yeah. Um. I I am fully acknowledging that I come from a place of extreme privilege. I was so lucky to grow up where I did. I was so lucky to just I won some random fucking lottery to be mm. born to the parents I was born to and like to the the circumstances I was born to. I'm so aware of that. And it may seem hypocritical for me to talk about people of like struggling so much when when I I truly in my life had never struggled in that way and and might not ever. But I mean, what's the point of having privilege if you're not going to like, you need to be aware it. of it. Yeah, if you're not going to use it to advocate for a better treatment for other people. That's like, the thing. It's like that is such a core thing to me of helping people. And it, it comes from how I was raised of knowing that you got to help people who are not as lucky as you. And like I was constantly reminded by my mom all the time how lucky I am to be born where I am and, and how lucky I am just to be in this country, period. See, my mom would tell me not to give money to homeless people because they're going to buy drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that I mean, that's a classic mom thing, isn't it? And and I feel like, you know, my it's... no, I'm like I get what you're saying, and I am truly very grateful that I have, weirdly, because I did grow up in like I mean, my dad's a freaking doctor, like mm-hmm. you know, we were we were living the good life, um, and I'm, I can I'm very grateful that I did kind of get like fired by my family and get thrown into this world where I truly fend for myself because I never had to do that until I was Mm -hmm. like how old am I now until I was like 24 you know I really I mean I took care of myself to an extent because my parents didn't like helping me out but like Mm -hmm. if any if ever there were a crisis I knew that I was going to be okay and you know at the end of the day, I was able to do a lot of things, have a lot more freedom because I knew that if I failed at something, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And now to have spent the last three years or so, like really seeing what life is like for most people, I'm like truly weirdly grateful for that. Like I feel a lot better about myself now that I feel like, oh, okay, I don't have to like carry this guilt around with me all the time i think guilt's the right you know it's like i'm here now and i'm doing what i can i mean i should be doing more hopefully i will but like that's just why i advocate for bernie sanders as hard as i do because i know i it is a guilt thing it is knowing how lucky i was growing up of like just in a like kind of a jury of my peers of like or, or kind of a room of my peers knowing that most of them in there are so negative with debt because of Speaking of, that's my parents calling. Um, Mummy? Uh, but uh, just knowing in, in graduating college, of sitting in that room, knowing that I don't have to deal with the insane amount of debt that everyone else is dealing with, 
is one of those moments that's kind of my awakening moment where yeah. I kind of had the like, oh shit, I have never ever had to deal with knowing that I owe some corporation $85,000 and that I have no fucking way of paying that back. I got so blessed to get, I got a scholarship to go to college, which was nice, which is again, why did I get one? Like, I'm fine. Well, here's, I think it's, it's for sure really important to be like aware of where you're privileged and to, you know, to understand that you can't talk to everyone like you know exactly what they're going through. Mm -hmm. But I also think that guilt kind of gets in the way of solidarity. And I think that just from what I have gone through and where I am, I feel like owning where I am now and the beliefs that I have now are way more effective than kind of like carrying around this weird, like, I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know, my past was a little different and it's like, be here for people now, like, Mm -hmm. you know, advocate for them and, and for yourself because you're included. And like, at the end of the day, I think solidarity is the most important thing. And if you want to like atone for mm-hmm. your past because I spent a lot of time kind of trying to like work overtime trying to like atone for being raised like Republican and evangelical I had a lot of like really disgusting beliefs coming into adulthood mm-hmm. that I've spent a lot of years trying to be like super woke and like super um like self-regulatory to kind of like atone for all of that and and now I've I'm kind of reaching a place where I realize like no one wants to hear me fucking apologize about myself all day like where where am I now? What am I doing now? What are you doing now, and what, and what can you do to help the situation? You can't atone for what you did in the past. The past is the past, but you can talk to people, listen to people. You can pay attention to what's needed. You can pay attention to the, the pulse of the country, of what's actually going on, and how normal, everyday people actually live. Yeah, and, and, and I that's, think that's truly, what we, you, like... That's what we do. For all the online yelling that I love to do, <laughs> like, the best... Most the moments where I've felt like the best about myself are like talking to people directly about socialism, about, mm-hmm. you know, Bernie Sanders, about capitalism and the ways we don't realize it's hurting us and having people in real life like be like, oh, I I resonate with that resonates with me. I understand that. Um, and like that is always at the end of the day. I will never stop yelling online. I will never stop. Hell yeah. But. At the end of the day, that's the shit that feels so much better is like talking to people who are actually in your life and not arguing with them. Just like being like, here's what I think. Here's what I believe. And people I've won over a lot of people that way. Mm -hmm. And that feels feels good, man. Feels good. Feels better than feeling guilty. Hell yeah. That is actually a great sentiment to wrap up on. We are at the hour. Uh, next week we are back uh, regular scheduled programming uh, and we are talking about I have it written down Ooh, what a, yeah um, I forget what we said next week prison system uh, which oh. I think will go very well uh, yes with what we're talking yes. about this week. we will talk about I mostly prison labor that's I think Specific- for-profit yeah. prisons and prison labor exactly the capitalist incentive uh, that goes involved with the prison we'll system. get into it next week tune in hell yeah tune in uh Follow us on Spotify. Uh, we are out there. Check us out on the Lunch Podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. We went on our boys, Casey and Alex's hell show, yeah. um, the Lunch Podcast, and they really, really put us through the ringer on that one. Fuck you. They put me through the <laughs> ringer on that one. That was terrible. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. It was a blast. Uh, shout out and thank you to them for having us. Uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see um, you next oh, week. Oh, follow us on Twitter at Pod. That's it. Bam. I'm done. That's it. Okay. Now we're done. Bye. All right. Fuck off. Bye. <laughs>